to Dominion Sonship Life again today. It is Resurrection Sunday. It is truly the story of our Christian living and our Christian existence. It is this, this powerful moment that we celebrate really once a year, but we're living out every single day of the year from the moment of our new birth unto eternity that we are now brand new creation because of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, because Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. What a glorious message that we have to the world today and a true reminder to ourselves that we are not just mere human beings going from moment to moment. Uh, come by, yeah, Jesus, on something that you still have to do for us. And don't you know I have a need? No, he is risen. Why do we look for him among the dead? The dead circumstance of our life when he is among the living and we now through our new birth are among the living. And so therefore we have a living answer. We have a living life. We have, we have a moment of life that is called dominion to be able to subdue all things according to his plan and his purpose, the will and the counsel of his will. And so we have a message like every Sunday so far, we've had a message, a divine utterance that I have to trust again and again and again that he'll communicate through me, that he'll communicate through me to the ones he leads this way to glean of truth, that this will be a message of impartation. It wouldn't be a history lesson, but it will be a divine reality of life divine in Christ. And it's so fitting how he led us this way. You know, I don't really plan the messages as you would know if you listen to me for any amount of time. I, I, um, I have to trust. I have to trust. Like he spoke to me when he called me in the very beginning. He said to me, Desi, don't worry. I have every title and every message that you ever speak. And so this has been the real walking out of dominion sonship for me is a true reliance on that which he's already ordained for me. And so the message for today is he is risen but the emphasis I wanted to really put on, just as he said, just as he said, he is risen. He is risen. He is risen indeed. And it's just as he said. You see, without that latter part, just as he said, we can really anchor away from it is written. Without the reality of just as he said, he is resurrected king of glory, will veer away from the truth of what he has said. See, our Christian life is an abode in the word of God. Our Christian life really can bear no fruit can bear no fruit for God, no harvest for God, no eternal works that would, that would endure the testing of fire. Without a movement in our heart of persuasion of that which is written that we call faith. And so we have for the last little while been talking about faith from John 14 verse 6 where Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth. I am the life. And last message was the Christ life of faith. That Christ 
Life is a life of faith and that his life now resides in us. And so how fitting here, we'll talk about resurrection, anastasis, resurrection, arising up above from the dead and the rising of hope again and the rising of vigor within my body again to believe to believe the goodness of God that I will see his goodness here right now here right now like David said I would have fainted had I not believed that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And so this message is not for some day when, you know, should Jesus there go by the way of, of the grave? And yes, thank God we'll resurrect and new bodies will be given to us. But this message is for here now. And that's the earnest prayers that we can see Paul pen by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. That we will know this divine power. That same power that raised Jesus from the dead that's working towards now who believe Ephesians 1. That as he was raised together with him, we have been raised. As he became alive together with him, we became alive. So when we, when we under the action of the Holy Ghost receive the conviction of the life of Christ, of him being reality to us. We became born again through that confession of faith. In Romans 10, we spent some time talking about it. So that we now can have a brand new experience. A newness of life we have been given through the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 6 writes. But I think my utmost, my utmost favorite one, my utmost is Peter's writing. Peter, the one, the one when Jesus was apprehended in the Garden of Gethsemane, after he had fallen into a slumber of sleep, took the, the, took the sword and cut off the ear of the high priest servant, thinking he's wrestling flesh and blood. Peter, who denied the Christ three times. Peter, who did not understand the scripture that he had to die. And rise again on the third day. Peter writes in 1 Peter, what a glorious victory of a writing his books are. And this is how we can see what John says. The victory that has overcome this world, it is even our faith. And it is that faith in the living son of God, the resurrected king of glory, that Peter receive newness of life, a new hope to be able to pen and to be found among the epistles, to be found among the writings of the new covenant that we now have in the blood of Christ. Peter, Peter, right in 1 Peter 1, 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one that said you are the Christ, the son of the living God. That Jesus spoke in response to that statement of faith. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, Peter, but my father who is in heaven. And so Peter here speaks from that moment of revelation. Blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is reality. As Christians, we have truth that we can walk out in victory over every circumstance that's facing us, you and I today. To know that we can shut down wicked systems 
to know that we have been given authority to speak for the word of power that upholds this universe. The word of Christ, the very rhymer of God that we hear him say to us, to bring forth pronouncements of the plans of God in this hour, to be like the Esthers, to be like the Daniels. Why? Because he has risen indeed. Because we are now fathered again to this new living hope. Let's continue reading. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who, according to his abundant mercy, Titus talks about this great kindness that he showed upon us, not because we were so good, but because of his mercy. That through the renewal and the regeneration of the Holy Spirit, now we have a living hope, Titus writes in chapter 3. Peter here continues, because according to his abundant mercy, he has begotten us again. We are born again. We have been refathered. The ones that were outside the covenants of God. The ones that had no hope. The ones who did not know God. We now through Christ's resurrection have been given this opportunity to receive him as our Lord and Savior and to call him the son of the living God. You are the Christ, we say to him today. You are the Christ. You are the resurrected one. You are the Christ, we say to him. What does that mean? Well, right here it says, begotten again to a living hope. And that word is Elpis hope. Look it up. That hope does not disappoint, Paul writes in Romans. This living hope does not disappoint. We don't have to ever overcome disappointment through this living hope that we have in Christ. He'll never reject us ever. He'll never condemn us ever. His way is the way of the cross. Unto life of resurrection. And so we have now entered through this narrow way that the word says difficult is this way. This way of the cross, we have entered into this new living way that is behind the veil that he, the forerunner, Jesus, went before us. And is sat down at the right hand of majesty on high and where he sits in him we sit. This is the story of the resurrection of the Christ. That in his resurrection, I can identify as much as I can identify in the cross. I can identify in this new life I have. It is our true identity as Christians, this living hope. Take note how this living hope came about through this new birth. It is through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. It is through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Through the resurrection of our Father, Son, the beloved Son of our Heavenly Father, that He be the firstborn among many brethren. First Peter 1 Peter 1.3, I want to look in the Strong's Blessed. 
be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. By his great mercy, great compassion, he has given us a new birth. That word new birth is the strong 313. It is to beget again into a new life. To bear. That word 313 is made up of two words from 303 and up again, which intensifies this other part of this word, which is 1080, gineo, give birth. Properly, it is born again or born from on high. We, what has the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ done for us who believe on him? Has given us a new birth that is from on high. From on high, far above every power and principality, dominion and might and every name that will ever be named. We are far above it. And so Resurrection Sunday is a reminder of where he sits. We sit because of his resurrection. We have been born again, born from above. Never lose sight. When we talk about the season of resurrection, never lose sight that this is not just his story, but it's you and my testimony in Christ. This is living reality. And if we do not walk out this resurrected life, we will be so busted. We'll be so disappointed. We'll be so under every circumstance, always wanting for someone to pick us up again and again and again. When we have already been picked up far above it, placed placed in the heavenly places resurrection life resurrection reality through this new birth that we have received Mm-mm-mm. this word born again from above is used twice in the New Testament. First Peter 1, 3 and verse 23 as well in that same chapter. Verse 23. Peter uses this word. Verse 23. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God. Through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. And that's why I believe he gave me this title. He is risen just as he said. It is through the word of God. This is divine utterance that became alive. The word made flesh became alive. Again. We have been Born from above, born again, not of corruptible seed. That which he says will never corrupt. That which he says will never perish. That which he says will never pass away. And if he says that we are now found in him blameless, above reproach, what would you choose to believe? Your carnal senses that tell you you're messed up, that would end up perishing with the use? Or would you believe the eternal word of God that he so loved you, he died for you, and not just died, but resurrected And now through faith in him, you are right where he is. 
And that's what actually he says, that the ones that serve him, they'll be found where he is. We've been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through, through the word of God. Never, never deviate away from this book and pick up another book of doctrines of man. I thank God for every inspired written book that has brought edification to our spirit, man. But the ultimate source of all these books are to be the word of God, the book, the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. The word made flesh. Through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Let's go back to 1 Peter 1, 3. That through his mercy, his great mercy, we've been given this new birth into a living. That word is alive. Hope. That word is elpis. It's expectation. Confidence. Into a living confidence. The if he be for me. If he be for you. If he be for us. Who can be against us? Living confidence on the word of God. That is imperishable seed. Eternal reality that will never die. Just as he said he arose. And just as he said he is coming back for a glorious bride. Which is his church. Without spot or wrinkle. That we will be caught up in the heavens. The resurrection, the rapture. From this reality. Into the heavenly abode. Really, in the spirit, we already are there. That's why we'll never taste death. Because he tasted death for you and I. Through this death and burial, he was anointed for his burial. The word of God talks about. That brought such a scornfulness from Judah. The money keeper. Regarding a lavish act of love and beauty from a woman of disrepute. And yet Jesus to that woman, Mary Magdalene, what does he say? Wherever this word is read, her name will be honorably mentioned. Why? Because she poured all of herself in ministry to the only living one. Worthy to die for you and I. So when he arises with him, many sons were brought to glory. You and I in Christ have a living hope, a confidence of his love, a confidence of his acceptance, a confidence of eternity with him. That even now we're walking out. A living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I want to look up the word resurrection. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. 
Of course, it's anastasis. Three, eight, six. A standing up. Resurrection. Rising up. Rising. A rising again. This word is again that from two words at 303. And up again that we just saw is used in the born again. The, Peter, word that Peter, the word that Peter used, born from above. So this, this anastasis is again, Anna is in it, 303, up again. And 2476, two, his temi, to stand. Up again to stand. Literally, stand up, stand again. Ha-ha, he stood again. He stood again right when the devil thought he crucified the Son of Glory, Jesus stood again. <laughs> what dominion do we have in him? To stand again right when the devil has given his very best from every angle. Come against us. Time to stand again. Stand again and declare he is risen. And in his risenness, in his arising, I too have been resurrected. I too have been raised up. Christ's physical resurrection is the foundation of Christianity, which also guarantees the future resurrection of all believers. Eternity guaranteed. Eternity guaranteed. I had a few years back looked up this word anastasis and um, a writing had come up and I love the writer's definition of this word looking at the Greek word and so I'm going to read this brief little saying that he wrote and so it says what is anastasis what is this Greek word what does it mean resurrection anastasis pronounced anastasis it is the underlying New Testament Greek word used in our verses, especially in 1 Peter 1, 3 that we just read. And it may be the most powerful word in Christianity, Anastasis, resurrection. We are the only ones that have a master who's raised from the dead. The most powerful word in Christianity Regarding our salvation, it is translated resurrection. The word resurrection has its origins in late Latin from the word resurgery. Resurgery, and I, the pronunciation, excuse me, I might not be saying it right. It means rise again. Nice word. However, I really like this powerful word and its literal meaning, the literal meaning. The Greek word in the New Testament text, anastasis, is composed of the two Greek words I just read, stand, which is stasis, and up, anam. Yes, literally meaning to stand up. You probably thought the resurrection was just speaking of Jesus Christ coming back to life. Yes, indeed, he has. But this phrase also means that he literally, he literally walked out from being surrounded by dead corpses and dead people. 
So you and I have this ability in him to get up from every dead situation and to stand up again and declare the victory of the resurrection that we have every single moment of every single day of existence unto eternity. I have been raised again by the resurrection of my Lord and Savior. Therefore, I will stand up again and again and again and again unto eternity. I will walk standing up looking unto the author and the Savior, the finisher of my faith. This is what resurrection is about. It is about a living confidence. A living confidence of that which he has done is, it is working in me now. It is working in you and I now. Resurrection life that is quickening our mortal bodies. Yes, the flow is a bit changed from what the verses I have down, but that's awesome. It is awesome. It is awesome. Let's go to uh, 1 Corinthians 15. He is risen just as he said. Paul writing, it is just as he said. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel, which I preach to you, which also you received and in which you stand, in which you stand, <laughs> in which you stand, but which also you are saved if you hold fast. Here it is. And because you are now from above, nothing of the Lord can make you lose your grip unless you decide to let go. And all your senses and shrink back. But no, we will not be of those that shrink back unto perdition. But we will hold fast the standing power that we have in Christ through the word of God. That word, hold fast, that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain, we will not believe in vain. For I delivered to you first of all that which I also received, that which was said to me, that which he spoke to me, just as he said, I'm speaking to you. That's what Paul was saying. That Christ died for our sins. Christ died for our sins. Christ died for our sins. So the power of that sin nature will no longer have preeminence nor dominion. And jerk us around. We have the no say to that. Because Christ has died for our sins. According, according, according to the scriptures. Always it is according to the scriptures. He died for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. According to the scriptures. And that he was seen by Cephas, then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by over 500 brethren at once. This is a testimony of his resurrection of whom the greater part remain to the present. But some have fallen asleep. After that, after that, 
He was seen by James, then by all the apostles, then last of all, he was seen by me also, as by one born out of due time. This is our Jesus, resurrected. He rose again. He rose again. He rose from the grave. The tomb is empty. He rose again. He rose again. He was found obedient to this death on the cross. According to the scriptures, he had to die for our sin. Remission of sin without the shedding of blood. The pure lamb of God. The Passover lamb of God. Without the shedding the pure blood and the broken body. There will be no remission of sin. The word says so. And so according to what the word says, he came to fulfill the word. He is the fulfillment of the word. He is the very word fulfilled. The word of our heavenly father manifested for this hour. He was manifested to destroy the works of the devil, to unbind us, to loose us into newness of life. So we took and identify with the resurrection of our Lord and Savior. Not just to go to heaven, but here now to live a life that is far above. The born again life here on earth in dominion above all over carnal nature. A carnal nature that wants to go into self-pity. A carnal nature that wants to be discouraged and forget about his resurrection and that with his rising eye rose. A carnal nature that would always take us down the wrong way that leads to destruction. But we now can stand up above that. Say, no, I am a child of God. I am born again. I have the right, the authority to be called a child of God. Anastasis, resurrection. Physically, literally, he walked out from being surrounded by dead corpses, dead people. The dead. He walked out from the dead. That's why the angel tells Mary, why are you looking for him among the dead? He is not there. He arose. Let's go to Matthew 28. Let's, let's first one we start. Now after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began, to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. Came to see the tomb. The dead. The tomb that held the dead. And behold, there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone. This is reality. This is what happened. This is not a figment of Matthew's imagination. This is truth. And this truth is our living hope. That he is alive forevermore. Behold, there was a great earthquake for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it, sat on it. On anything and everything wants to hold you back. 
You have angels on assignment to bring for this mighty deliverance. And they're sitting on these things that want to bar you. What? Say what? No, I have been raised again with my master. Sat on it. I love it. I love it. His countenance was like lightning. His clothing as white as snow. No sorrow here found, by the way. Joy and rejoicing. And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. But the angel answered and said to the women, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid is the message of resurrection. Do not be afraid. For I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. He awoke. He awoke. As he said. He is risen as he said. Come see. Come see. There is living proof of this resurrection. Come see the place where the Lord lay. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And indeed, he is going before you into Galilee. Assignment to this resurrection is about to come about to them. The purpose of his resurrection is about to be communicated to them. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. So they went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to bring the disciples the word, this word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them. What are his first words? What is the message of resurrection from this mouth, from the mouth of Jesus? The mouth of the living one. The mouth that we'll see in in the book of Revelation, that that sword comes out, the double-edged sword. Fire from the loins down, fire from the loins up. Fire in his eyes. His hair is white as wool. Dominion man, the Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we reign in life now. He says, rejoice. He says, rejoice. He says, rejoice. And so we rejoice today and every day because he, though he died, he's no longer dead. Rejoice. And so they came and held him by the feet and worshiped him. And he said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brethren, my brethren. He calls us brethren. That's what the book of Hebrews says. He's not ashamed to call us brethren. Not rejects. Brethren. We are of his bones, of his flesh, part of his body. Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brethren to go to Galilee. And there, they will see me. And so that's what they do. Verse 16. Then the 11 disciples went away into Galilee. No, Judas also could have been here. Judas Iscariot could have been here. Made a choice not to repent. But Peter made the choice to repent after rejecting him three times. Deny him three times. Betray him three times. The one that wrote in 1 Peter 1, 3, Blessed be the God of Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has begotten us again to this living hope through the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
What mercy? What mercy? What mercy? Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had appointed for them. The mountain he's appointed for us. The high places are appointed for us, the body of Christ. Only the high places because we are born from on high. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Unfortunately, we'll see that. We'll see that. Unfathomable. How carnal, carnal one can be. We'll not identify with that. We'll identify with the ones who've worshipped him. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, commissioning, all authority has been given to me. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore, go in this authority that he has. This authority he has in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples. How do you produce for the kingdom of God? How do you not treat this resurrection in vain? By going out therefore, making disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded to you, that he has said, because it will be just as he has said. And lo, I'm with you always, always. He'll never leave us, never forsake us. Lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Even to the end of the age. Let's go to John's account. Right before his burial is John 11. John 11. Right before the, the anointing unto death is John 11. And in John 11, he's demonstrating resurrection power. In John 11, he is giving them a living confidence to hold on to because they are about to see the most traumatic moment. A disappointment that was born on carnal hope that would always disappoint. But he is giving them here something of an eternal reality, a living hope that would never disappoint. And here is this resurrection of Lazarus who at this moment has been in the tomb for four days. And his sister says, he's thinking now, you should have come earlier. You should have healed him, Jesus. Not realizing the purpose that he's there for is to demonstrate living hope that he too will arise, that he too will not stay in the tomb but will come out of the tomb. So 11.21, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if he had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Your brother will rise again. And those have gone by the way of the grave, our loved ones, they will rise again. 
and the trumpet sound. The graves would open up. Oh, glory divine. I heard someone refer to the graves as places of resurrection. Future places of resurrection. So next time you drive by a graveyard, know those who've died in the Lord, those spots where they're buried will be future sites of resurrection. Glory be to God. What glory divine to never sorrow. Your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he'll rise again in the resurrection the last day. And Jesus says to her, this is it. I am the resurrection anastasis. I am the one that would stand up from among the dead and will walk out of that pit. The den of thieves down the pit of hell. That's all it does one thing. The demons, Satan and the demons, killing, stealing, and destroying. He arose from there. And now he told in, in, in um, Matthew quoting him, all authority is given to him. In heaven and on earth. Never mind how. Never mind how. That's a done deal. For us Christians, that's not an option. But earth is where we dominate. And heaven is our destination eternal. I am the resurrection and the life we just talked about. The Zoe life. The eternal life. That the ones that have the son have this life. Why? Because through his resurrection they are born unto this divine life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe? And of course what happens is he says, where have you laid him? Take away the stone is the next phrase of his. And what do we see? We see the resurrection of Lazarus. Glory be to God. Let's go to the tail end of John now. Twenty. I want to read the context of, because he, in Matthew, there is at least three direct accounts, but more than that, from Matthew 16, I think, I'll give you the reference and you can look it up. In Matthew 16, 4, he talks about to, that the sign of John will be given to them because they were looking for a sign and he calls them a rebellious generation that no sign will be given to them outside of the sign of Jonah. And then in, in verse 21 in Matthew 16 is his first prediction of his death and, and, and resurrection. And then the second is in Matthew 17, 22 to 23. And then the third is in Matthew 20, verse 17. The, um, here in John, 20, let's see which verse. Mm -mm -mm. Actually, sorry. In, let's go back to John 12. That's really what I wanted to do. John 12. John, and then we'll go to 20. In John 12, verse 23. Jesus answered him saying, the hour has come that the son of man should be glorified. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat, this is his purpose, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, 
it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. We are this new grain. We are the ones that he died for. So we will bear fruit for his kingdom. To baptize nations in his name. To make disciples of all nations. He who loves his life would lose it. And so you and now are going through this process of mortification. A losing of this old identity that has always been a snare to us. And gaining this new reality of faith. Pressing on by forgetting what was. He who loves his life will lose it. And he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him my father will honor. Him my father will honor. And then in verse 27, he says, Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No. No. But for this purpose, I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. And this death and burial and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ is how the Father chose to glorify the Son to us. And this is how we know the glory of God. Through this resurrection, through this resurrection into newness of life. In John 20 now, we finish off. So this is the empty tomb and, and Mary Magdalene. It's the same story we read in Matthew uh, in verse 1. Now the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. And then she ran to Simon Peter and to the other disciples and, and told them they've taken away the Lord out of the tomb and we do not know where they've laid him. And so what happens is that Peter therefore went out and, and the other disciples were going to the tomb. They run to the tomb and... Um, they saw the empty tomb. And verse 8 is what I wanted to read. It, it goes right back to just as he said. Then the other disciples who came to the tomb first went in also. And he saw and believed. He saw and believed. Verse 9. For us yet they did not know that word is understand. They did not understand the scriptures that he might rise again from the dead. That he might rise again from the dead. There is a verse, oh, just flashed through. I got to find it. Um, it's in Matthew. Just give me a, a second here. For they did not understand the scriptures. And because they did not understand the scriptures, they were fretting and, and crying a boo-hoo. That it's over. They fail to understand that resurrection of Lazarus as being a token of living hope. To take them through. To take them through. But thank God their eyes were opened. In um, 
in Matthew 22, that's where it is. In Matthew 22, verse 29. Jesus answered and said to them, this is the Sadducees asking about the resurrection from the dead. Jesus answered to them and said, you are mistaken. Not knowing the scriptures, know the power of God. And so here we see that when we do know the scriptures, we know the power of God. That power that raised Jesus from the dead. And will not be mistaken to believe a lie that he did not rise again. You see, the resurrection of the dead, the resurrection from the dead is really the place of confidence to you and I that we're coming up and out of every situation so that we don't be looking for him in these dead moments and weeping and hear him say to us as he spoke in, in John 20 to Mary verse 15 Jesus said to her woman why are you weeping whom are you seeking she supposed him to be the gardener and said to him sir if I have carried him away this is what it sounds like, not understanding scriptures. Tell me where you've laid him, and I'll take him and I'll take him away. And then he called her into sobriety by calling her name Mary. And I believe, this is how I want to finish off, that he today is calling our names into sobriety. Desi. 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 Hear him call your name and remind you again. He's not among the dead, but he has risen. He has risen just as he said he would. Amen. Glory be to God. We're done for today.